Good morning. I want to welcome you to First Baptist Sandy Springs. It's a beautiful, beautiful day outside and one that the Lord has made for you and for me and for us to enjoy. So I hope that you enjoy this day that he has made for us. We're here to worship the Lord. So we're going to stand and sing together for those who can stand. And if you can't stand, just remain seated and sing along with us.
Chris Hall, if you'd make your way this way. He didn't know I was going to do this. The Thoroughly Modern Millie, which you have a free ticket to if you want, lasts about, there's an intermission, and it lasts two hours and 20, two and a half hours. How long does it last? It's about two hours. About two hours. Right. If we don't talk too much at the beginning. <laughs> what do you, okay. So, how long did we practice it was flaw, it was flawless Friday night to me. I don't know if it was to it was flawless Friday night. Mm -hmm. How many hours of practice did it take for the flawless two hours? How, how? Well, we the, the kids come in August and they start taking class, so they train for about eight hours a week, and then in November they start rehearsing the show, and they rehearse on Thursday nights and Saturdays for about four hours, so probably about seven hours a week. For seven rehearsal. months. For about four months on that show, about four months. How many dress rehearsals? A week, week long full of dress rehearsals and technical rehearsals because they have to be under the lights and all that good stuff. That's what we needed to know. Thank you very much. Well, I've got these here. <laughs> the reason I did that is because the show just didn't happen. They didn't decide to print something up and... Say, okay, kids, you show up at the church at Friday night at 7 o'clock and put on a show. It is far from that. Starting to sing and dance in August and then to focus in November and then to give hours and hours and hours led to a great production. And it is very obvious with Chris and Tony that they have great leadership. They have people that tell them and teach them singing and they tell them and teach them dancing and the kids follow instructions really, really well. With that said, following instructions really, really well, we've made it to the 13th verse of Matthew 6 in our study of the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, 13 says this, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Just as we are to pray for our daily bread, we should pray daily for God to lead us. And if you have a great leader, and we do, and our Savior will be okay. David spoke of it this way in Psalms 23. You know these familiar words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me. Besides the still waters, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Before we go further, let us pray. Lord, in these moments, you lead us. Our hearts, our thoughts, our spirit, our soul, all of us, Father, lead us to understand how pivotal it is in our lives, how important it is in our lives to pray for you to lead us, not into temptation, and to deliver us from evil. Father, that is our prayer in these moments. Amen. We need leading. We need leading away from evil. Avoiding temptation should be one of the primary concerns of the Christian life. Avoiding temptation, not yielding to it. Because temptation in and of itself 
is not a sin. Yielding to it is the sin. We're all tempted. We're tempted every day. Jesus was tempted, but he didn't yield to it. And I've thought for this generation, do you think, and, and I think it's probably true, is temptation more prevalent today than ever before? Inundated with all of the media, all of the things happening, social media, all of the things that kids get into, we better be praying this prayer for our kids and teaching them to pray this one too. Look what James teaches us about temptation in chapter 1, verses 12 to 16. If you can't look at it, I'm going to read it to you. <laughs> Blessed is anyone who endures temptation. Such a one has stood the test and will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. No one, when they're tempted, should say, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But one is tempted by one's own desire, being lured and enticed by it. And then, when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And that sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Do not be deceived, my beloved. Verses 14 and 15, let us know how serious this really is. Let me read that again. But one is tempted by one, one's own desire, being lured and enticed by it. Then when that desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And that sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death and separation from God. Temptation, again, is everywhere. That's why we need to pray. Do you pray before you take a trip? Do you tr pray before you travel? You get in the car, you get ready to go, you buckle up, you get all your snacks ready for a long journey. Do you pray? We should, and we do as a family when we take a trip. That's the idea, uh, idea here. Before you move, before you go anywhere, before you leave the house, before you get out of that bed, pray. Why? Scripture warns us. 1 Peter 5.8 says this. Discipline yourselves, keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. That is true, and we know it. But Scripture also encourages us, so we're going to be okay. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 3 says this, But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. But you have to follow. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful. He will not, not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, he'll show you a way out so that you can endure. That's good news, but you have to follow. I'm going to read to you some of Paul's last words found in Scripture. This is in a letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and Paul says this to Timothy. The Lord stood by me and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it, so I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever Amen. God led Paul, and Paul followed. 
But the problem is this. Sometimes we don't want to be led. Sometimes we're not good sheep. In fact, sometimes we're bad sheep. It's hard to find on Google bad sheep, but we found some bad sheep on Google. <laughs> That's a bad sheep right there. Here's another one coming up in just... That sheep's on something right there. The next sheep, that's another mean one. One more. That's a tough-looking sheep. And we might have laser beams coming out of the eyes. That is one. Now, there's a mean one right there. You know what I could have done on the screen? I could have put, put your name here. Couldn't I? I could have put my name there. We can all be bad sheep. And Scripture teaches that that's the truth. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've all turned to our own way. We've all chosen at times not to follow the leadings of God. Look at how Jesus saw so many people according to Matthew chapter 9. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When we don't follow God's direction, when we don't pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, we can go places that we shouldn't. I want to share with you something that's helped me over the years, and this is one of the best practical helps I can ever give you. When I am powerful words, don't let him in. Don't let him in. I know temptation is from the devil. And I know none of us are immune. And I know that we can be weak, but I know we can resist. And this is how I resist. When I get a thought in my head that should not continue, I say to myself, I say to whatever's trying to attack me, don't let him in. And I have a picture of letting Satan into my house to just take over. And I don't want that to happen. And if you want to resist, this one has helped me a lot. I don't want to let worry in. I don't want to let greed in. I don't want to let hate in. When I'm tempted, I say, don't let him in. Let me show you how this works. Adam and Eve could have applied this in Genesis 3. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. And God said, you must not eat it or touch it. If you do, you'll die. Oh, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil, and you know the rest of the story. Adam and Eve, let him in. That should serve as a warning to each of us. In Paul's letter to the church at Corinth that we know of as 1 and 2 Corinthians, he's warning the people there to stay away from false teachers, not to let them in. And Paul says this in 2 Corinthians eleven three. But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. Corruption or sin or death are right around the corner if we're not careful. And so when we're tempted, 
don't let him in. When we're tempted to doubt, don't let him in. When we're tempted to give in to bad thoughts, don't let him in. When we're tempted to lash out, don't let him in. When we're tempted to do anything outside of God's plan for our life, don't let him in. Something I've noticed here. Lead us not into temptation, God will lead us. But the next part, deliver us from evil. I think this is when we went out of our way and we need help. We've yielded to temptation. We've gotten towards evil now. And this is the part of the prayer when we say, God, I've messed up and I need rescuing. Come deliver me. And then when we come to our senses and ask him, I have good news for you. God is in the delivery business. Isn't that true? God is in the delivery business. We're all stories to that. If we've given into temptation and not prayed for deliverance, we can be in big trouble. And we then need to ask God to deliver us. Luke tells us an interesting story about someone not letting the devil in, trying to clean up their life. And look at this, Luke 11, 24, 5, and 6. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it wanders through waterless regions looking for a resting place, but not finding any, it says, I'll return to my house from which I came. When it comes, it finds it swept and put in order. And then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself and they enter and live there and the last state of that person is worse than the first. That's scary stuff, isn't it? The picture is somebody cleaning up their life, resisting, and all of a sudden, and you know this is true, the devil doesn't give up. He's gone to get help and to come back with more. And do you know what you can do? You can resist more. Because scripture teaches God is greater. God is the greatest. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world is the truth. But we have to follow. We have to be led. We have to ask. So what do we do now? We pray for God to lead us daily. And you should. We do not let him in. The devil. We pray Every moment of every day. That's why we're told to pray without ceasing. This isn't a morning thing. This isn't a meal thing. This is an all-day thing because temptation is there all day long. If you're not in the habit of asking for God to lead you, it will change your life. He's the best guide ever. When Jeannie and I travel... Now we have Waze on our phones or Google Maps on our phones. Before that, the best gift she had given me was the Garmin. Remember Garmin's that we would have to have? And, and I just love that thing because I have no sense of direction. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I just admit it. I'm bad at it. And Jeannie's pretty good at it. And so what I've learned in 35 years of marriage, when we get to a T in the road, and I think we should go left. And she says we should go right. Guess which way I go now? I go right. Number one, because I'm a wonderful husband. 
really, it's because she's led me very well. We need to choose to follow the right direction. Pastors do. Deacons do. Sunday school teachers do. Christians do. All of us do. Doesn't matter how old or how young we are. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God has told you to pray it, and he will answer it because he's in the delivery business. Let's pray together. Father God, help us to not let him in, but to let you in. Help us to seek your leadership in everything we do, in our thoughts, in our decisions, in our actions, in our words, in our every day. And Father, later today, because it's likely to happen when we are confronted with temptation, help us not to yield. We ask for you to deliver us from wherever mistakes we have made and wherever we have gone. Thank you that today is a new day. Thank you because of Easter we can have resurrection in our power in our lives even today. Father, we thank you for being our God and for being so very good to us. Thank you for prayer, for answered prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the things we tell you each week is you can fill out a card if you would like to join with a church family. And a friend of mine handed me a card this morning, and she's on her way up. Sorry, Beverly. Beverly Murphy wants to join the church. And she's joining us. She comes pre-qualified because she's from Mississippi. And so that is wonderful, and I'm very prejudiced about that. And we are very thankful that Beverly has come to join with us in First Baptist Church of Sandy Springs. Well, you can make clap for you. Thank you. You don't have to be a member to do this. You have to be a believer to do this. If you will accept her and encourage her and pray for her, raise your hand. That was easy. There's nobody that's going to raise a hand against that. <laughs> One of the things you prayed for her mother, Neva, and that was answered prayer this week. Amen. I'm going to tell you a ministry Beverly has. Can I tell them what you do? I don't know what social, you're going to tell social them. Social security? Oh, no, I'd rather you not tell okay. them. Okay. Let me tell you what she did, another ministry that she did. When Matt Savage was first here in the hospital, someone left a basket at the office, at the church, somewhere of candy and fruit and things, and I sent it to Matt, and he was happy, and I had no idea where it came from. And she probably is going to kill me for telling you, but it came from her. That's one of her ministries. Beverly is just going to make us better, and we are thankful. And so one of the things we want you to do when church is dismissed is to come shake her hand and hug her neck and thank God for sending a missionary like Beverly to us. We don't need members. We need missionaries. And so if you want to fill out a card, I would encourage you to do that. Mitch.